Ultrasound Gel Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Ultrasound Gel Podcast. My name is Jacob Avila and I'm joined by my good pal, Michael Pratt. Mike, how are you? What's up, Jacob? I'm doing quite well. Loving life. Summertime, baby. On this podcast, what we're going to discuss is an article that I'm stoked about. It's called The Use of Contrast Enhanced Ultrasound Software with No Contrast Media Administration in the Diagnosis of Pneumoperitoneum. I love pneumoperitoneum, and I'm so excited to get into this. But first, Mike is going to walk us through a really interesting article. I've actually seen a case similar to this, but due to a mediastinal mass, like cancer. But this is kind of like a similar concept. Mike, why don't you walk us through it? This case is nuts. All right, it's called cardiac tamponade caused by gastrointestinal obstruction, a rare complication in esophagectomy patients. So stick with me for a second. There's a patient that came in. They had already had an esophagectomy for cancer. And what they did was they connected his jejunum to the remaining part of his esophagus. So what happened in this case was this patient presented hypotensive. He looked really sick. They did a bedside echo and they saw some weird fluid collection anterior to his heart. And you know what that ended up being, Jacob? What do you think that was? I I mean, based off of the surgery, probably a chunk of his intestine, maybe? Yeah, that was his intestines. That was the jejunum that they had attached to his esophagus. So he ended up having an obstruction, but because his bowel was in his chest, it pushed against his heart. It caused cardiac tamponade. And this was a very unique type of tamponade because instead of draining the, the pericardial effusion, which he did also have a pericardial effusion, but in this case, they decided to take him to endoscopy where they did a decompression and that actually relieved his hemodynamic instability. So pretty his wild tamponade. case. Yeah, his tamponade. That's so cool. Yeah, so that I was pretty that. wild. Check out the uh, website. We'll have a link to that article. Yeah, sweet. All right. Are you ready to talk about this sick study? I would love to. So as I previously mentioned, the title here is the use of contrast enhanced ultrasound software with no contrast media administration in the diagnosis of pneumoperitoneum. It was published in Diagnostic in February 2022. And uh, this is, I mean, it's pretty cool. So pneumoperitoneum is something that would dramatically change that differential, right? Somebody comes in with an acute abdomen, you want to try and figure it out. Physical examination, if somebody comes in with abdominal pain, they're going to have abdominal pain, doesn't work very well. We do have x-ray, but the x-ray for it to be even remotely accurate needs to have a uh, upright x-ray. And even those are not like super accurate. So we want something at the bedside that will be able to diagnose this rapidly. And it has been described in the past. So we have B-mode scanning. There's a uh, sign called the enhanced peritoneal stripe sign that we look for. It's just a hyperechoic line, like a segment of line that is just right at the peritoneal lining. And if that's a little bit brighter, that's how you diagnose it on B-mode, this extra peritoneal free air. But what these guys did is they actually added another kind of software tweak to it to make it more accurate. And I'm stoked about this. Yeah. You know, one thing that I took out of the introduction to this article that I had a little bit of a disagreement with. They, they mentioned many textbooks and lectures in the field of emergency and critical care skip over the topic of abdominal ultrasound entirely. And and they weren't just talking about pneumoperitoneum. They said they meant like, we don't talk about ultrasound of the abdomen. So yeah, no, that's not true <laughs> at all. Like it, we, it might not be like a huge discussion about 
about free air, but come on, man, like abdominal ultrasound, like we talk about gallbladder, we talk about bowel obstructions, we talk about appendicitis, we talk about all sorts of stuff. And then there's a retroperitoneum, which we look through the abdomen, you know, aorta, kidneys, all that stuff. So I don't know, yeah. maybe they just like misspoke here, which is fine. Yeah, they were just, they're just joking around. We love this stuff though. Yeah, we just, love abdominal they're ultrasound. They're just joshing. So this article says, what are the test characteristics for this special contrast mode ultrasound for detecting pneumoperitoneum? And what are the test characteristics for B-mode ultrasound? So without using any fancy software, just your regular old black and white B-mode and CT. Mm-hmm. They're testing B-mode, contrast mode, CT, and they're comparing it to the standard of surgery. So they're actually taking these patients with suspected pneumoperitoneum to the operating room, seeing if they're right or not. So they included consecutive patients. For once, it's not a convenient sample. We got consecutive patients. Yeah, which is awesome. In the emergency department with an acute abdomen, and they excluded anybody with renal failure because they then would have to go through the difficult decision of giving them a CT or not, or anybody with hemodynamic instability. So here's how this worked. Patients came in to the emergency department. All of them underwent an ultrasound exam first. They did a B-mode regular abdominal ultrasound, and then they flipped on their special contrast-enhanced mode. Again, they did not administer any contrast. They just used this special mode on their machine. And just to briefly how this works, just remember that ultrasound contrast is basically like little tiny bubbles and that uses the Mm -hmm. air to really light up whatever those bubbles are in. So the contrast mode, what it's doing is it's digitally subtracting to try to get to just the second harmonic frequency. And it turns out that that really highlights any air. Their whole reasoning for this is pretty clever. They said, we're not going to use the contrast, but we're going to use this mode that highlights air because we're looking for air in the peritoneal cavity. It makes sense. Each patient actually got two scans. They got scanned twice by each of the two radiologists that were doing the scans. And then they got CT'd with contrast and anybody that was concerning for pneumoperitoneum was taken to the operating room for confirmation. So they did B mode, then C mode twice. Mm-hmm. And presumably they looked at the entire abdominal, like anterior abdominal wall. I wasn't like super clear on that. I'm with you. That was not specifically highlighted. Like what was their protocol? Did they just sweep all over lawnmower or just go in the right upper quadrant? They didn't mention specifically where they looked, but this was two radiologists. They each had at least five years of emergency department radiology experience, and they both scanned every single patient. So all we know is that they did mention a cool idea called the scissor maneuver, where you can kind of push down with the probe and release it. And the idea is if it's air, it'll first dissipate. And then when you let go the pressure, it will come back up. So if it is pneumoperitoneum, as opposed to other types of air, perhaps it will go away and then come back. That was one idea. And they linked to a, they linked to a paper about that. So Jacob, that's how they did it. What did they end up finding here? Good numbers. That's like the spoiler alert. So they were able to enroll 157 patients, which is quite impressive. And out of that group, we're talking like prevalence is a high prevalence. We had 20% of the patients that they scanned actually did have GI perforation. It's nuts. They were mostly males. They had 38.9% females. Mean age was 41. So this is an interesting population because this is not the population. I mean, males, yes, but usually when I am evaluating for perforation, my patients are much older. 
my perforation rate is is much lower than this. But I do like that they had that. Is your mean body weight 61 kilograms? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's crazy. So these guys must yeah, have you been can in tell some, this, like this was not in America culture. Yeah, this is like this is probably like Northern Europe, like Viking people. It's, like yeah, the authors are from Italy and the UK. Ah, enlightened, smart, cultured people that eat appropriately and exercise. I love that. So with their results, they had. I'm gonna start off with the CT scan results. I think that's kind of important because we always think of CT as a gold standard. CT did have a specificity of 100%, which is great. Sensitivity of 97%. But we still got great numbers, right? That's kind of like the de facto imaging gold standard. We have a positive likelihood ratio of infinite and then a negative likelihood ratio of 0.03 with an accuracy of 99%. Now, let's talk about B mode. So that is the just regular old grayscale ultrasound. And, you know, these are good numbers for a bedside assessment, right? I mean, it's, it's going to be more accurate than x-ray. It's going to be more accurate than the physical examination, but not super great numbers here. We got a sensitivity of 70% and a specificity of 88% with an accuracy of 81% and a positive likelihood ratio of 5.83 and a negative likelihood ratio of 0.34. So while these numbers are good, you know, we're not greater than 10 with our positive likelihood ratio. We're not less than 0.1 with our negative likelihood ratio. So this would be like a, like a data point, but nothing to confirm or refute the presence of free air. However, it's decent, but we can do better. Exactly. Now, if we look at C mode or contrast ultrasound, now remember, this is not with actual contrast administration. This is like a software tweak of the ultrasound machine as is. And they found a sensitivity of 93%, a specificity of 98%, accuracy of 97% with a positive likelihood ratio of 46.5 and a negative likelihood ratio of 0.07, meaning we can use this according to, you know, if we just look at this data, we need more studies to confirm this. We need some external validation. But if we just look at these numbers, good enough to rule in, good enough to rule out air in the abdomen or freer in the abdomen, aka pneumoperitoneum. Yeah, that's impressive. Those are some shockingly good numbers. Additionally, with B mode, we had really good inner observer concordance. With B mode, we had a kappa value of 0.946, which is, I mean, it's essentially 100%, right? I mean, what studies, what anything do two different radiologists look at? And they have this amount of concordance. And then with C mode or contrast mode, the kappa was a little bit higher, still amazing, 0.979. So we have 0.94 with B mode by itself and then 0.97 with the contrast enhanced ultrasound mode as well. Really good numbers here. Yeah, this is really cool data. And I loved reading through this and seeing that it was so successful according to their hypothesis. The strengths I thought from this article were that this was a really novel, smart idea and they performed the study really well with good methodology. It was prospective, consecutive patients, ideal reference standard of actually going to the OR to look. And they assessed the inner rater reliability, which is always important when you're doing something that people haven't done before. Make sure that this is somewhat reproducible. Limitations though, it was, you know, a small population, single center, and the radiologists seem to be pretty highly trained. So it may not translate to your everyday ultrasound user who hasn't really looked for pneumoperitoneum before. I think the glaring problem with applying this is that you really need that contrast software. And frankly, many of our machines just don't have that capability right now. And some of them that do, you have to pay an extra arm and a leg to get it on your machine. And then you have to learn how to use it. So that's a little bit tricky. That might slow us down despite this good evidence. But what do you think about this, Jacob? What's your take? That's great. I mean, I, I love these numbers and I've never even heard of this as being a thing. So I, I think that that in of itself is great. And I agree. It's 
just a couple of trained radiologists, but I don't think that that should be a limitation. I think I should be like, look what is possible. Learn how to do this thing. And with regards to the software, I, I feel like, especially with some of the newer machines, I bet it's just, you just talk to your reps and they might be able to turn this on or upload it for you if you're in a situation where you find that you may need this. Now, I think the harder question is that some of the critics would say is, well, aren't all these patients going to need a CT anyway? It's not like you're going to just do an ultrasound and send them to the OR. Really, the, the main thing is that if you're in an academic institution where you have CT, it's expected to have a CT, this is still cognitive offload, right? So this is still like, you know what the patient has. And at this point, you can just call the surgeon and say, hey, I don't have a CT scan yet, but I have a high suspicion of pneumoperitoneum due to whatever. And maybe if there was going to be like a four hour delay for a CT scan, which we've all been there, maybe at that point, the surgeon would come down and see the patient without that CT. So it might still save disposition time, even though ideally all of these are getting CT scans, honestly, to, to plan for the what operative intervention it is, if anything. Especially because there's different things that can cause pneumoperitoneum and that might change your operative management. But I, I agree with you that this is helpful in many situations and can definitely expedite things by recognizing pneumoperitoneum earlier rather than later on a CT. Let me summarize this article. It's a prospective study of 157 consecutive patients with an acute abdomen showing that this C-mode ultrasound had a sensitivity of 93% and a specificity of 98% for the diagnosis of pneumoperitoneum. And this novel technique also had a very high inter-rater reliability in the hands of these experts. Our take-home points are that, number one, contrast mode ultrasound without using contrast is highly accurate for the diagnosis of pneumoperitoneum and has a high inter-rater reliability. Number two, B-mode ultrasound alone, reasonably specific, but not quite as good, much worse than the contrast mode. And lastly, given that all the patients in this study required CT, it remains to be seen how this scan can ultimately show a patient-centered benefit, but we can imagine that there might be some cases where this is helpful. Thanks for joining us. Thanks to the authors for putting out this awesome article. And thank you listeners for sticking with us for another episode. Remember, you can always go to our website, ultrasoundgel.org to find out more. And until the next episode, we will talk to you later more 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 i don't think that's true about ultrasound